0: Hello, welcome to the first ever episode of the Word Weaver podcast. I am so excited you're here. I have always wanted to start a podcast, and I finally decided now is the time to do it. The idea came about because I found myself scrolling through all of my favorite business, motivational, entrepreneurial podcasts like Jenna Kutcher, Oprah Super Soul Sunday, Elizabeth Gilbert's Magic Lessons, Tim Ferriss. And I would always gravitate towards the interviews with authors or writers just to kind of get some nuggets of how they organized their days and how they got to where they are now. But I never found a podcast that was solely dedicated to this one topic. I always kind of had to pick and choose between different podcasts to really get what I was looking for. And also, throughout my journey in becoming a full time writer, I have accumulated a lot of knowledge. I've gone down a lot of YouTube rabbit holes, read a lot of books. Read a lot of blogs, listened to a lot of TED Talks about writing a book, the differences between self-publishing and traditional, how to build an author platform, and I wanted to house all of that collectively in one place. This podcast also allows me to interview creative people in any field that inspire me. So I've backlogged a few of these now, and my goal is to post an episode or chapter weekly, Every Wednesday, I love alliterations, and Word Weaver Wednesday just seemed appropriate. So this one I'm going to keep pretty short and sweet. I just wanted to introduce myself and let you know what kind of content you'll be hearing from me, and also give you an insight into a typical day in my life as a full-time writer, and kind of my four key takeaways of what it takes to work for yourself. I also wanted a new creative outlet just because I feel like blogs are becoming a little bit obsolete, nobody reads them anymore, and I wanted to challenge myself with a new medium. I actually googled how to start a podcast and watched like a million YouTube videos on it and I ended up ordering this microphone off of Amazon, it's called the Snowball Ice microphone and it really looks like I'm talking into a snow cone. It's hilarious. And then I also have my headphones plugged in because apparently that makes for a better sound quality. I don't really know the science behind it, but I do know that in some of the interviews I've conducted, as soon as I hand people this snow cone microphone, they kind of sit up straighter, they become more professional, and they speak eloquently. So I'm really liking podcasting so far, except for the fact that I hate listening back to my, the sound of my own voice. I think I sound like a child on helium and I know I don't think anybody likes the sound of their own voice but I hope it's not too annoying or grating on your ears to listen to (laughs) so super super quickly I'll give you a backstory of how I became a full-time writer I'll probably delve into more details in another episode because I want to get to what a typical day in the life is like for me so I got my undergraduate degree in business from the Richard Ivey School of Business in London Ontario And throughout three years of university, from age 18 to 20, I interned for a company called Elizabeth Arden, which is a cosmetic skincare and fragrance company, at their head office in New York every single summer. Uh, I lived at NYU housing while I was there, and then I would go back for a year of school, back to New York, and so forth. So after graduation, they offered me a full-time job on this brand new country singers fragrance campaign Her name was Taylor Swift Which is funny to think that she was kind of up-and-coming and and unknown back then, but it also just makes me sound really old Anyway, I had my visa. I had an apartment in place I was all ready to move there full-time to New York when about a month and a half before I got a call and an offer to work elizabeth arden in geneva at their european head office they basically gave me a weekend to think about it i accepted quickly changed gears and packed up and moved to geneva which was supposed to be for one year contract and ended up becoming two years so switzerland was incredible it was like living in a postcard but it was also a little bit lonely i was 21 22 23 while I lived there, and there's a lot of expats because Geneva is home to the World Health Organization and the United Nations, and also a couple cosmetic companies, but most people had families or they spoke German or French, and while I could get by with passable French outside of the office, luckily the business language was English inside the office, um, I had a hard time expressing myself, and it was the first time that I couldn't use words properly to communicate. I could understand what they were saying but my responses were super basic because I didn't have enough vocabulary to be eloquent or funny or sarcastic so it felt like my personality was pretty dull and monotone which was frustrating because I knew I had more to say I just couldn't express it properly so as a result I spent a lot of time alone I trained for the Geneva Marathon which is crazy to think back on now and it also was the time where I got the idea to write a book and started writing the book while i lived in switzerland but as i approached my two year anniversary in geneva i really was yearning for change i wanted to shake things up and i was missing my family and friends back home the term fomo didn't exist but i definitely had a fear of missing out on these big milestones that they were all experiencing so when an opportunity at the london office came available I asked my boss if I could transfer and she said yes. So again, it was kind of like when I went to Switzerland, I got a visa, I had an apartment set up in the Mayfair area of London, and I was all set to move when another dream role came available in the New York head office. So I went back and forth for a while of should I go to London? Should I go back to New York? And ultimately I decided that I wanted to return to North America. So over Christmas they shipped my skis from Switzerland to my new New York apartment and, and I worked there for, again, just under two years before I made a complete career left turn. I never really told anybody but the entire time I had been writing and I'd secretly applied to a master's program at Harvard which I didn't tell anybody about because I really didn't think that I would get in. But somehow I did, so then I found myself packing up again and I moved to Boston. Well, actually, Cambridge, which I fell in love with because there's MIT and Harvard University in Cambridge and everybody there is just seeking knowledge. So it really felt like a privilege to attend classes there, go to the coffee shops and be around inspiring people like that. So after graduation, I decided to move back to Toronto because I really had been away from home since I was 18. I missed my sisters, my parents and my friends a lot and I was excited to get to know Toronto a little bit better because I'd never actually lived here before. So I know a lot of people always say, why did you leave such a dream job for such an unknown career? But I always say that I'm still doing my dream job. My friend Steve said it best. He told me that marketing is just storytelling at its core. So really I've been doing the same thing my entire life, whether it was telling stories about a certain product or telling stories through the narrative of a book, I've always been a writer and now I feel lucky enough to split my days between freelance writing so that's kind of what helps me pay the bills. I do a lot of travel writing for different magazines and publications and then also the rest of my day is trying to get my book published. So I know that being a writer sounds really romantic and glamorous and that's what I thought too when I first started on this journey but it's actually a lot harder than I ever anticipated because there is no nine to five. My brain just doesn't shut off when I get home from work. I'm always thinking of new ways to improve or new places that I can pitch. So my insomnia is real, but it really is important to kind of keep a regular routine and structure like any other job. I don't know who said this quote, but if you treat writing like a hobby, it'll pay you like a hobby. So I make sure that I get up with my alarm between 7 and 7.30 every single day. I work out, I go to the gym or I go for a run outside now that it's really nice out. I shower, get dressed, and then I light a candle because it's weird, now it signals to me that it's time to start writing, it's time to start the work day. Oh, I'll also make a huge pot of coffee in my coffee press. I've started switching to green tea in the afternoons but I can't get over my coffee addiction. So while I'm sipping my first cup, I try to answer emails pretty quickly and text that I haven't gotten to and then I turn off my phone completely and put it in the bottom of a drawer. I just find that I can't get anything done when my phone is on, I'm thinking somebody's messaging me, I'm always going to check it because it jolts me out of the word world that I'm trying to create and it takes me 10 times longer to get back into it, even if it's just checking a quick text and going back. I just find it too distracting and my brain is completely disrupted. And then I kind of break my day up into two halves. The first, I try to get all my freelance work done, and then I go on to my book work, whether that is finishing the manuscript in the first place, which thankfully that's done, or making edits from a beta reader, or pitching agents, or making edits to the manuscript from a literary agent. There's just always more work you can do to get the book into the best place possible, and I find that I'm never done finessing, which is another challenge of working for yourself is that I don't have a boss telling me that it's done or that I did a good job. It's all on me, so I have a really hard time kind of shutting off that inner critic of it's not good enough, it's not good enough. But I've learned that writing is a discipline just like anything else, so it's really important to be consistent and sit my butt in that chair every single day and keep working on it, even if sometimes I'm sick of the words on the page. Because what's also kind of crazy about writing a book is that you work on the exact same subject for months or even years. And our attention spans are just so short that we can't even get through a TV show or an article without checking our phone or even a dinner with our friends. So imagine working on the exact same thing day in, day out for years on end. And you might go a little stir crazy, which I'm sure I've done at times. I feel in a good place right now, but it's definitely been a roller coaster of emotions at times. So somewhere throughout my day, I'll break for lunch. I usually try to pre-make my lunches on Sunday so that I don't have to waste time kind of preparing it, doing dishes and everything. Then I get back to work, and whenever I feel like I'm not being productive anymore, I kind of put my laptop away, I'll make dinner for my sister and I, and then I'm really into baths these days, so I'll pour a bath and then read a book in there until I get sleepy enough and then crawl into bed. So that might be a typical day, but I've also started working at a co-working space just to get out of my own office, out of my own house, and be around other creative people working on similar projects. I just find the change of scenery gives me a new boost of motivation. But overall, I really do love what I do. I've always been an independent thinker and independent worker. I never really liked group projects in school. So this is kind of my ideal life, is getting to work for myself. There are definitely pros and cons. It can be lonely. It's hard to shut your brain off. But I really do think that once I see my book on shelf one day, I will be so happy and I will know that this was all worth it. So just to quickly summarize my key takeaways of how to make a productive writing day. Number one is consistency. You have to sit your butt in that chair. You have to show up every single day like it's a job. Number two is create a routine. Just the way I light my candles. In the morning, it signals to my brain it's time to start, get up at the same time every single day. Otherwise, it's really easy to fall into kind of a lazy trap of not doing anything productive. Number three is create a writing environment. So I really love my home office, but then I also love switching it up and going to a co-working space. You might like coffee shops or the library, just somewhere that you show up and it signals to you that you're ready to write. And then lastly, number four is organization. I don't know if I mentioned this, but I keep a bullet journal, which I find keeps me on track. I cross off my to-do list items every single day. I also have a list of life goals and then book goals taped to my wall. So it just reminds me of where I'm going and where my focus should be every single day. I would love to hear about your writing routine or if you just work from home, how you organize your time, because I'm always looking for ways to increase productivity and get stuff done. So that's it for today's chapter of the Word Weaver podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, I always hear people say this, but subscribe on iTunes and leave a comment. Whether it's good or bad, I welcome it all. Next week will be an interview with the Canadian designer and creator of a new swimmer line called Svea Swim. And in the meantime, Let's Be Pals online. You can find me on Instagram at LouiseClaireJohnson and also my website, LouiseClaireJohnson.com, where I'll have all of the show notes for the Word Weaver podcast. Until next time, have a great day. I had away with words for a while.